Hey everyone, hope everyone is safe and well. Uh, it's been something I wanted to do for a while now, so we're going to incorporate it into the, into the podcast. It's our stay caffeinated range of episodes about the humans of Bold Street Coffee. Um, obviously, I'm one of the co-owners of Bold Street Coffee, which has some amazing, eclectic guests, so loyal. Um, obviously, they've been there for years. I've been there, I guess, myself at some stage. So I think the stories need telling and they make for really interesting episodes with coffee shops now becoming the cornerstones of communities again and the importance of equality um, and diversity they bring so it's definitely worth a listen we're going to start with Carl Rice and check out this one cheers guys I think that coffee shops are becoming like a cornerstone of the community um, and it getting really important to people. So but we wanted to do this for a while in sense of talking to the guests and getting their story and their lives um, and what the kind of coffee shop means to them because having some interesting conversations about it, um, and there's definitely some some characters in there. So firstly, what Mr. Carl Rice, thanks for joining us. <laughs> it's a pleasure, man. <laughs> so, so how long have you been frequenting to Bold Street Coffee? Oh man, like four years, something like that, minimum. And I've been going in whenever I was in Liverpool. My mum's up here. I've got a tiny family, but my mum's up here. And with what I do with work, I'd be in and out of the north anyway, even though I was living in London at the time. So when I was here, I'd pop in. But I think I became a real... Because there's Bold Street locals in that, and there are Bold Street legends. And (laughs) I'd heard of these these shady characters that you never really knew who they were and you're dead about the Bowl Street legends and it pissed me off that I wasn't one of them. Do you think if, you're one of them now? Dude, like, no, no, <laughs> no one can touch me. Like, I know that. Um, and, uh, and then I moved after filming a couple of jobs up here about a year and a half ago. I suddenly didn't want to go back to London and then since then it was, it's like Bowl Street every day. Like, absolutely every day without fail. Um, I think I told you before. I I don't. I think I'd have moved back to London if I'd not had that there. Yeah. Genuinely, yeah, yeah, definitely. I even moved from where I was on North John Street, which is where I moved to when I first moved here, right. not knowing what areas were good. I just saw this big kind of, you know, really nice nineteen twenties kind of build, and didn't realise that it was just like Hen Do and Stag Party Central, you know, and just inflatable dicks everywhere um and uh so i was like well i I don't think i want to stay here and i knew where i socialized you know bold street georgian quarter that area that's maybe boxing gyms through chinatown and then so i found a place literally on the street adjacent where renshaw street is adjacent to bold street i'm just on benson street there so a lot of what i've decided in the last couple of years has certainly revolved around bold street and bold street coffee is one of the pivotal things of that reason you know without yeah. without a doubt and i ain't just saying that because you own the gaff and we're kind of mates now it's true man well i think you know like that's what we're saying about the the community aspect of mm. coffee shops mm. what they do and in, uh, probably in other cities as well yeah yeah they're, they're massively integral 
And it, it started off, it was like a niche thing, wasn't it? And then it builds the way that most things do. And it, it'd be looked at that it was just for, you know, people of a certain class or a type. Or at first it'd be about business people before going to work, getting their espresso so mm. they can make sales. And it was it had all these other connotations. That, well, it certainly did, but I'd say 10 years ago. Um, in the circles that I was in, or if I were going to be coffee shops, you know, and I'd spend my days in there writing, you know, other friends of mine, they wouldn't be so as inclined to do that and they weren't as drawn to it. Whereas I know it's always been a huge thing, but certainly just in for the normal person as well now, the coffee shop, it's not this kind of fancy has to be artisan thing. It's more about mm. the social elements of it and getting good coffee, of course, and getting good scran. But I know there's there's 10 people a day that I know well in now there. from going into Bold Street. Yeah. I've had four dates off the back of... Really? Yeah. How did they go? Belters they were as well. <laughs> but because I'm one of the oddest people in the world, I'd find a flaw. <laughs> like, oh, do you know that supermodel looking person stood with the mm. five foot eight bald guy with missing fingers and teeth? A little toenail isn't painted, right? So that's just, I can't, I can't right. do it. So always the nearest exit route. Um... But it's and just wonderful people and football players and mm. artists and students and grafters and you know a couple of scallies can venture into there and there's always place for a scally and it's just uh, it's filter a real coffee, nice filter coffee not people they say yeah exactly that filter coffee not people I've got that in in Sanskrit <laughs> on my leg um, and so yeah it's 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 double important to me Bowl Street Coffee yeah cool mm. uh, so what what do you drink. Oh, black Americano. Is that it? Yeah, no pissing about. No sugar? No, no, no. I'm diabetic. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, so, and yeah, I just want it strong and black. How many do you have a day? <laughs> um, a lot. <laughs> um, because well, what I do is I'll wake up in bed and this is, my head's a billion miles an hour anyway, but I, I can't function till I've had coffee. So I'll get up and I'll have two of my reasonably posh coffees in bed. Um, so you have coffee before you even oh, get yeah. to the shop yeah 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 <laughs> then I walk the dog right. or I'll do my two coffees then I'll go to box if I'm doing an early morning yeah. box then I come back then I go to Bowl Street and then I'll have my two black Americanos in quite quick succession and then I'm a, bil- a billion and 12 miles an hour for the rest of the day and then about 5 <laughs> I just crash right. man but in a good way because I've got everything done you know, I'm not drugging myself. I enjoy it. I yeah. enjoy it. So you stop. You stop. You stop at five. Oh, I don't drink coffee no. until five. No, don't worry, dude. Like I'm not. No, no I'm no. not drinking twelve to fifteen coffees. But I'll have my couple, and then I'm on water. But then you've got your place. Then there are certain places I can't write. Mm. I can't write at home. I've got to go out because yeah. otherwise I won't switch off when I'm at home. I'm on the sofa. My head's going back. Yeah. Anyway, but I've then got storylines and shit in my head. Right, it's right. like it's too much. So, um, but there are certain cafes or venues or places or boozers or, or whatever that look, you'd go, oh, this is perfectly behemian in this little alcove. And Dylan Thomas wrote Under Milk Wood yeah. over there. And it's like, <laughs> and then I'm sat there and I'm just like, nothing. Whereas I go in there and I'm, I'm away, man. I'm yeah. flying, yeah. They say, they say that if you drink caffeine after half 11, yeah. then it's not out of your system. So you've got to, you've got to drink, oh, all really? caf- drink all your caffeine before half 11, then... To, if you want it out of your system completely before yeah. you go to sleep, yeah, that's around the time to do it. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, mean, I, I rarely do it after gonna... midday. But no, I rarely do it yeah. after midday. Like, because I do my, my Bowl Street Americanos double quick, Yeah, I'll do that in 
in the in the first hour I'm there, and then you know I'll have me water and I'll do this and I'll do that. But I rarely I rarely drink coffee after unless I'm I know I've got a day that's taken me into eight and nine o'clock and I'm slacking. You know, yeah. then I'll have a coffee or whatever. We obviously talked a little bit about the shop. Yeah. So more about you then. Mm. Um, firstly, yeah. I know we spoke about it a couple of times, and obviously want to get this in early. Go People ahead. are listening. I wonder what this is going to be. <laughs> you know what it's going to be. <laughs> you want to explain uh, when you were younger what? <sighs> yeah. Um, so I, um, I, I, I was eight <laughs> from the, the, the roughest family imaginable. And uh, suddenly they were doing a nationwide campaign and looking around schools for kids for some advert. And I had the scousest voice in my, like on the planet at the time. And just this weird little face that I guess was memorable because it was dead. It was wide, man, and like double white. And that's what I think anyway. And, uh, and then they were looking for this advert, for someone to be in this advert. That's all we knew at the time. And... But they were looking everywhere. They saw like 1,800 kids, apparently. Oh, yeah. And then it got broke down and broke down and broke down and broke down the shortlist. I mean, it was insane. And then we started to get dialogue coming in because we didn't even have that. They were just looking for the right faces, which is so strange. I've never had a process like it, and I've been doing this now for 32 years. And then the first script said, I didn't tell you this, the first script said, um, if I don't drink milk, I'll only be good enough to play for Spurs, right? <laughs> oh, right. Then Spurs were like, well, no, fuck that. Like, it's really derogatory. You know, we can't, we're not going to have you say that. So then they changed it to Accrington Stanley, which obviously I've given it away now what it is. <laughs> and um, and when you accompany that with a ludicrously Scouse accent that goes... <laughs> is that your real voice? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, I couldn't do... I can only just do accents now. I wasn't dropping them at eight. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so... And then we didn't know. We went to London. It was shot at Pinewood Studios, which is, like, iconic. I yeah. shot a movie there last year. It was went the first back for the first time in 30 years. I did a movie called Cruella. And um, it was the first time I'd been there in 32 years. And I can remember it, which was odd. I was getting these flashbacks... And uh, so anyway, they, they shot the advert in various different ways and we didn't know who they were going to show when it came out. And you also got told it's going to be, not like now when you get a TX for everything when things are going to work. It's like, it's going to be around this week or whatever when it's going to be on. And we were that skin. We didn't even have a remote control, right? We didn't have a remote control to record it. So every ad break, one of us would be down on our knees at the video player like that, ready to press record. Oh, yeah. And I literally, I remember the, the, what, the one recording that we got of it, I don't know why we didn't try and record it again because it was on for the next 15 years. But I was obviously looked away to, to talk to me mum or me alpha or whatever. And as I turned back round, the ad had already started. So we missed like the first few seconds because we were like, hang on a minute. And then we didn't know if we were going to see my face or the other kid's face. And then next minute I bowls up and you just heard the other kid's voice. And... Uh, and then the next door neighbour, Jean, who hated me, because he used to always just boot me ball in the garden and piss her off and, you know, stand on the flowers. <laughs> Suddenly there was like a... <laughs> and so we answered the door and she was like a different person. <laughs> Did I just see Carl on television? <gasps> We're so... I know you go, oh, here we go. Like, imagine when you're proper, like, double famous. And then, to be honest, dude, it just went... It went, like, another level after that. In that year alone, I did 12 adverts. I did two movies I did dramas I did a film I won an award at the Palladium I then went on to soaps and Brookside and plays it and it yeah. just went Ricky Tomlinson was my first agent yeah what about that Ricky T 
All so, right, so, so just so everyone's clear, we're talking about the Akron Stanley Milk advert. Oh, yeah, the Akron Stanley Milk advert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I got to go and meet all the Liverpool players, and I'm a staunch fan. Yeah. And that's when it was McMahon, Ian Rush, Barnes, Ray Out, and the, like, the boys, man. Everyone, everyone remembers that. It's insane. Ever, advert, it's crazy. No words, one cares about anything else I've done, man. Yeah. <laughs> Like I've been, I told you. I think I told you. I, I had to. I've got my own seat at Hackington Stanley's ground, oh, and funny. they've invited me down for so many different things. And I remember, <laughs> and like I won't get into this too much, but Hackington Stanley had just been promoted to a major league for the first time yeah, in yeah. forever. So, um, as we were saying before, when there's a news thing and people go bang, you know what it's like. Everyone's on it. So everyone suddenly. Um, and I'd retired from acting at this point when they'd come up because I'd been acting since I was a baby. Hadn't stopped till I was like 23 or something. I just went, I've had enough. I'm going to start writing for a bit, which was a good move because I'm now, now a writer as well as an actor. And, uh, but I was just not doing, I was just, but I was doing normal jobs or trying to, doing what I could, whatever I do while I was writing. And then I think Stanley got bumped up the lease. Then everyone's trying to get in touch with me and I'd sat my agents right. and stuff. So they're all contacting me. So then they basically said, look, can you come down to the ground? We're just going to do a couple of little photos. We were like, <laughs> yes, Sam, man. So uh, we hired this big, like, mega smart Mercedes van. Me and all my scally mates jumping. We're getting a hammer going down. So we're like, we're going to the footy. You're going to have to do one thing for, like, the Accrington Gazette or something. God, that sounded scouts there. Yeah, God, it did. Didn't I? It's still there. It's still there. It's still there. <laughs> and, um, and, and... So we get to the ground expecting literally to be like Joe from the Gazette going, hello. And I get out and I'm being serious, Matt. As many presses as I've ever seen. Really? Every single channel, every single... And we was... I mean, we were annihilated drunk, right? So I'm kind of going, oh, wow, right. Get your act together here a bit. I can try find some footage, dude, of me stepping out. It's the yeah, funniest definitely. thing. And then at half time, I had to walk round the ground... Clapping. Oh, right. Dude, I'm being serious. And you could see kids going, Who's who the he? fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, going, who are they? Um, and uh, so, so, but yeah, people remember it. I've told you, I had a massive beard for a job. Mad. I had someone come over and go, you the kid off the advert. It's just, I don't know why it hit like that. I think it was the Scouse accent. You weren't really seeing working class kids on telly as right. much then. Um, it wasn't polished. It wasn't drama school. I'd never done an acting class in my life. I had the scousest voice in the world. I wasn't this dead, pretty, blue-eyed, you know I mean, cherubic kid. Just some kid being... Was out it Ian Rush in the Ian, advert? No, no, so I oh, talk about him. talk about him, I say, Ian Rush said, if I don't drink me milk. That's it. That's and it. then and then, yeah, yeah. and then, on to the no, line. I remember it clearly as well. Oh, yeah, man. It's like, where you going in the fridge, getting... Yeah, uh, they, show it on, they showed it on Footy Focus. I mean, Soccer AM pretty much every, yeah. every week for yeah. years as well. And I was meant to do Soccer AM when I did I did a show called Massive, this thing I did with Ralph Little, because Ralph was always on it because he's a lad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm talking about you, Ralph. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, I didn't end up going on it, but I imagine, because they were supposedly obsessed with that advert, it's, wow. just, it's just weird. It's just well, weird. Uh, look, so uh, let's move on anyway, yeah, because, you yeah. know, you've definitely, uh, you can't be stigmatising to that advert. <laughs> so, obviously, I know you use the shop, um, we, do you know that we, in coffee shops, and this isn't you, but they're all camp, campers. Oh, right. Okay. But this isn't usually yeah. a, a regular. Yeah. So kind of yeah. like, you know, people who come in. 
Yeah. They use the laptop. Yeah. But they like literally have a glass of water. And right. No, no, no. I've never been no, a camper. No, no, no. No, never. but you're kind of a, you're a resident. Oh I'm man, I'm a resident, man. A resident. I, I, I know I've paid my dues in there, man. Yeah. I've, I've spent more on the, in there than on rent, I reckon, like many months. Uh, uh, and it's very important. No, That's it is, why it, is, yeah, it yeah. really, really is. I can't say enough. And I know we've touched mm. on that, but I really want to reiterate that, um, how 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 good a place these places are yeah. like and it's not just for me i know with everything that's going on in the minute you're getting sort of like restrictions and closing this or that and the real not just fear because everyone's fearful at the minute but the the realization of people going but this is this isn't just where i get me brekkie this isn't just where i get me coffee this is where i get my socializing this mm. is where this is where i get to step out a little bit you know i'm not licking people's faces or being dangerous i'm i'm kind of i'm having a coffee with with my friends and that's kind of what yeah, it is a lot of the time you yeah, know yeah yeah you know it means a lot to people it does it? yeah but then I even like for us like home, so but... when when we had the girls we we were quite superstitious so every time we went for a scan yeah. we used to go for food after it and oh, it became yeah, a thing yeah. right the way through, like yeah, so, like yeah. and like we. That's the first first time because Steph used to work for me. Yeah, <laughs> oh, did she? Yeah, yeah. But that was the first time I ever met her in there. Did an interview. With her. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like you just like <laughs> have all these memories. You like that note? <laughs> you will have my twins. <laughs> no, <laughs> but um. Yeah. So yeah, it just means different things, different people. Yeah, but, it really does, man. I've like I said, I've had. So you've got a uh, a lad that works behind the counter called Adam, who's one of my faves yeah. in there, man. He's an absolute geezer, but he's, he's, he's you know he's, he's gigantic. Um, so me being an idiot, we're going to be sparring together as soon right. as we're allowed to box again. And um, you know, or yesterday, for example, before me and you met, which obviously we're yeah. going to talk about summit we're doing together. Yeah. Then um, I'm sat next to Leighton Baines, just chatting, having coffee with a former England player and one of probably mm. Everton's best ever defenders. Mm. Like that that can't not be cool to me as a massive fan of sport, you know. Like, <laughs> like that's always going to be cool. Um, and then, yeah, just, just, just cool so, people, man. So you, so primarily, like what we've gotten at before. So you obviously use as a space to write. Yeah. So maybe tell people me a little bit more about what you do. Obviously, yeah, after right yeah. Now. Well, I've not, I've not really stopped since then, apart from when I did my self-imposed exile for four years and was a bin man and Why was everything. That? Because I've been acting since I was eight, and then the last two jobs before I decided to go into exile, and what I'd done in that 10 years, 12 years was insane. I mean, like 50 CV credits of big stuff, you know, and uh, and lead stuff and drama and film, like every type. And I hadn't done any comedy before my 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 semi-retirement thing. Right. Um, and I'd just done a play at the Royal National Theatre for Jonathan Harvey, who's a iconic Liverpool playwright who's just come on board to write on a show of mine that I'll tell you about a bit later and um, not a show of mine I, don't, I yeah, kind yeah. of created it he's now a co-writer and stuff like that I don't want to undermine that um, <laughs> and he's come on my gig um, and uh, uh, and so I'd done this play at the National and for 10 months at the National started at the Everyman went to the National which is one of the biggest theatres yeah. on the planet I was nominated for an Olivier I just don't want to get into that no, and um, and then straight after that, I went to France and did this drama, this John Thor drama called Monsignor Renard, which was the ITV's biggest ever drama at the time. It was huge. So there were two of the. It was the biggest theatre job to the biggest telly job, and I came back and I hadn't really enjoyed it. I was just like I was going through the motions because I'd done it since I was a baby, literally like since I was eight, you know. Oh, yeah. So I was a bit like, uh, so I just kind of, I just took. 
I just took a break. I just decided that uh, I, I, I wanted to, to write. So um, I did that. And I knew I knew a lot of people in this that I could send scripts to, but I was starting completely new, you know. And um, so then I had this great acting career. And there was always the thing of, if you want to come back, you can come back. And I was a naughty little bugger towards the end, but I was 19, 20. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. and, uh, and then I started writing. And then the first thing I wrote got picked up. And it was Jonathan Harvey's production company that he had at the door at the time called Yellow Door. Was it Yellow Door or something like that? And they picked it up and then the BBC took it off them and then suddenly had this amazing cast. And I was like, oh, I can write a bit. I can actually write a bit. But looking back at it now, like, I'd wince if I read that script. John Plowman, who I work a lot with, he's the exec producer of The Office and extras and all that. You know, MBE, like yeah. BBC God. Uh, he sent me the original script um, that I wrote not long ago. And it was just going, look at this. And it was absolutely shocking. But they could see that it, there was stuff there, but it was so raw and unharnessed. Yeah. Um, and then I've, I've been writing solidly now for the last 15 years. And it's only been in the last few years because it takes a graph. Don't get me wrong. I've had so many things happening and going or writing on things or editing or developing, blah, 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 blah. blah. But uh, the politics of the industry now with getting new things out there, and they say it's more diverse and more open this or that. They still use the same old dinosaurs a lot of the mm. time. They do. Uh, so you have to kind of navigate around it a different way, which is what I've done. And uh, I'm now writing's going great. And uh, I got back into acting again, like, what was it, 10 years ago? And in that time, you know, I've done all sorts, man. You know, I went back, came back and did, you know, Shameless first, I think it was. Um, or I paid Bobby Maguire, transsexual. That was a belting mm. job to do that, man. Like, now I can't even stand sitting in makeup for 11 seconds. Like, I'm, you've seen what I'm like. I'm like that all the time. So that was to one sit of still. The first series, yeah. It was, it was one of the earlier series. The earlier, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was, so that was great. But anyway, and then just, just loads of stuff. And then was a regular and trolleyed for, for years, which is a big show on Sky. Yeah. And then did Lucky Man, which is this Stan Lee thing, which I was chuffed about because I'm a superhero nerd. Yeah. And just, I won't list my CV, but it's, it, I'm, I'm back acting again and I've been brassic at the minute. Uh, was and I just did Deep Wars like I said I've just done Cruella which is this movie with Emma Stone and Emma nice. Thompson which is quite a big one I like first day and it's only you know anybody but the top four people in that movie you know you're lucky if the director even looks at you but I'm not asked about all that I don't do free go you got paid you go in and do yeah. your thing like but it's such a big production like for example I probably enjoy doing a a pilot with ten people attached who are really grafting then the two months I spent on Cruella at Pinewood Studios getting chauffeured around in a black car and surrounded by all the stars because you're just a part of the, you are just this, this, this butterfly on a wheel thing really there. Do you know what I mean? You're just kind of trying to keep up, but you know, you're not that important or, or anything really. And it's just not my kind of, I didn't enjoy that as much on these big, huge boat projects. Now don't get me wrong. Probably if I was a lead mm. and and I feel like I'm acting every day, but if you're not on those kind of things, there's a lot of background stuff happening. Mm. Uh, but you go, I've not worked for Disney before. Emma Stone's a geezer. Uh, Emma Thompson's a dude. And, uh, you know, that'll be fun. Oh, me mate Joel Fry, who me and him have been mates for the last 12 years. We did a show called Massive together for the BBC years ago. Me and Ralph Little played these lads that were on a record label. <laughs> Joel played our mate. Johnny Vegas played me dad, which he was devastated about because he's only like seven years old. <laughs> I remember he walked into the room and I had a massive beard at the time. He just looked at the over and he just went, 
oh fuck off <laughs> um and uh so yeah and it's just uh and 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 yeah i'm grafting away now writing lots of lots of things what, what do you prefer what do you prefer writing or actually? writing writing and yeah. producing man that's my thing now like i have to i i don't take myself seriously but i really take what i do is my work seriously and with regards to producing side and getting stuff done and getting things made and getting things picked up and doing all that legwork. Aside from the fact that I'm a decent writer or, you know, I can do a bit of acting, I honestly think that side of all that thing of getting shit done. Do you think it's a benefit that, you know, now you've got all like different platforms yeah. and do you think that's a benefit or, or it can be a hindrance? I think so. I think yeah. it absolutely is, yeah. yeah. I think the amount of actors now that are realising that writing is... If you can do it, it's such a great and invaluable tool to have because um, the industry is getting more and more brutal. And I'll give you an example of how. Now that you've got the world's biggest Hollywood stars doing TV shows, yeah. when you were an A character, I could be an A character or a B character. That's what I'd be going up for. Right. Leads and, and co-leads, supporting leads. Blah, blah, blah. It's far more now guest episodes or one ep here, or this or that, because if you've got Al Pacino doing like an Amazon series, yeah. then he's the lead. People who are normally massive leads in this country, I'm not calling myself that. Um, let's say, uh, I, I don't know, Jane Oryx, she's just a pal of mine, but I've just pulled yeah. her from nowhere. If you've got this, if you've got Nicole Kidman now doing Big Fires, Little Fires, yeah. and Jane would normally do that, Jane's now lucky to be a B supporting role in that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So everyone's been taken down a peg or two. To counter that again, a lot of people now just think, oh, I'm a writer. Yeah. I'm a writer. I sat down today and did a bit of writing. I'm a writer. <laughs> and that pisses me off because it's yeah. like the graft you've got to do. Yeah. It's it's insane. But I'm very self-motivated and disciplined considering I'm not in other ways. And uh, But I, lo- I love to write. And I think with regard to the different platforms and levels, if you're able to do these things and don't be scared of putting yourself out there, like you have to do it. And if you get a bad response from someone because you've approached them and said, can I present this to you? Or this is who I am. Then they're not worth dealing with because that should never offend someone that you're approaching to say, I've got this and we could do this with it. There's just a way of approaching people. And I think that's a skill in itself. That is absolutely a skill in itself in this way. It's about going to the right people in the right ways and putting yourself out there. And then I'm not a social media dude. I've, I've, never, I've never really done it. Even when I was on it, I wasn't on it. Mm. Um, and uh, but now getting them out there, but then YouTube, and then yeah, the various different streaming sites and stuff like that. I think terrestrial will be gone within ten years. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, um, but I hope it's not. I really hope it's not because I think there's absolutely room for both. But I don't. Does that anyone really? I mean, even if you watch BBC, you watch it through the iPlayer now. Yeah, yeah, personally. Yeah, I don't have. I don't. Um, I say I hope not, but. And I should probably shouldn't say this considering I'm working with various <laughs> channels at the minute. But I had I had the telly back on for uh, the first time um, this last week because normally I just hook my laptop to, you know, when you do that and yeah. you have a big screen. And I've just had the, te- there was just telly on for a couple of nights with just stuff background. And I was kind of a bit like, whoa, God, there is a lot of trash as well, man. Mm. There is. Mm. There, there's... I'm probably going to contradict myself here because now, because there are so many platforms and you've got ITV B plus four times now 11, then you have got 
a spin-off of a spin-off of a spin-off of the Essex show that was a spin-off of the original Essex show starring Gemma What's-Her-Face and whoever. And it's just... There's a lot of mindless shit, isn't it? Dude, just leave it it's just lowest like, common denominator yeah, stuff. And yeah. it, I think a lot of the time, with the terrestrials, I'll say this, I do think they patronise the audience a lot of the time. Mm. Mainly the main ones, and especially with comedy. And I really know what I'm doing and talking about with comedy. Yeah. And just look at ITV, huge terrestrial channel. The only real comedy success they've had is Benidorm. Now, I was in Benidorm, but I'll put my hands up and say, I would rather, you know, bathe in vinegar than, <laughs> than sit and watch a series of that. But that was its biggest hit. And they've not... I don't know anyone that could name another massively no. successful ITV comedy. Good point. Because they don't, because they think everyone wants it broad, falling down trapdoors. The way that extras showed that that comedy in yeah. it was, oh, you know, yeah. him doing his, his, his sitcom within the sitcom. And a lot of it's that, unless you kind of find things that are a bit more experimental or adventurous. And unfortunately... That tends to be on your streaming Netflix, and your Netflix sure. and your Amazons and your Apples and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, you still get your belters. You still get real, real good quality stuff. But with comedy, it's more few and far between than drama. Yeah, and some stuff of the like dramas that. are great, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, the yeah. BBC ones yeah. especially. But yeah, they can get them spot on. TV as well. But. Yeah, man. Yeah. They, they, they can get some of it really, really right. And you go, oh, well done. And that's when these... Channel commissioners, or again, probably shouldn't be saying this, but <laughs> this, yeah, dude, it's all right. I, they, they know that I think this. Um, we'll then be going, Yes, I commissioned that, and I a genius. And it's like, Well, you also commissioned 50 other projects mm. this year that no one even knows the name of. So it's a good one's going to get through because there are talented people out there, but I just think a lot of the time, the right talent both from a creative side and an acting side, isn't represented in the right way. It's becoming more diverse, but I don't think it's anywhere near diverse enough um, in every way, right? in every sense, um, whether that be ethnicity or class. It's still unbelievably classist, unbelievably classist. I'd say nine out of ten roles I'll get, it's the scally one or the one he wants right. to fight. Or honestly, racist or rapist. Uh, uh, to a, to, I can't tell you how many times I've got Sometimes the racist rapist, and Which it's is, you know, it's, like, it's like dude, like, like that's a double negative connotation, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, and that's just because I've got a shaved head and a few tattoos, yeah. and I don't talk like Edward Redmayne or whatever he's, he's called, yeah. you know. And that's definitely still there. And you have a lot of people vocal about this. Chris Eccleston, who mm. I've worked with before, um, he's big champion of that Helen Mirren is yeah. and various people but I don't think it's really getting through enough you don't see I, 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 you're hard pushed really to find and more so from the north yeah down in the south you see more working class actors leading and this and that or or breaking out from what the stereotype of that setup is but you're very hard pushed to find northern working class actors either male or female mm. that are leading Maybe a bit more female, maybe a bit more female, Jodie Comer and mm. uh, Sarah Lancashire and people like that. But it's still, it's few and far between. And for me, it feels like a box tick, Matt. It mm. does, it feels like, right, we've done that. We've given the Northerners some. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It does feel like that a lot of the time. But it sounds like I'm just slagging the industry off. No, I was saying, it's, it's, that's just the truth. I was you saying know? to you when I, I did a thing was on set um, with the BBC then, and they, they just kept trying to make play on the Northern thing. Mm. Like you said, it yeah. seems like they love that. And it's very yeah. London centric. 
yeah. right southern uh, thing in it. Oh, that's a northerner. There's a northerner. Like, dude. Get it out there. It's like, dude, like there's a northerner yeah. as if we're white tigers. Yeah. Like, I spotted a northerner today. Probably, probably uh, not the best time to talk about north-south divide, is oh, it? Oh, God. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's been made apparent by the so- so-called people in the know, innit? Do you yeah. know I mean, it's almost like they don't think about what the repercussions of what they're doing and saying is mm. going to happen. It's almost like that's the case. Mm. Of course that's going to happen. If you're going to implement rules that don't make any sense, pay people to go out, have half the amount of testing and tracing than you should, and kits yeah. in a certain area that's also a massively populated student area, and you're paying people to go back out before you've gradually yeah. brought, brought <clears throat> things back into place. And then you're splashing all over the media that Liverpool are the only place that are in very high and mm-hmm. they're the ones in lockdown, you naughty, naughty scousers. <laughs> yeah. I could I could say all sorts of yeah, swear we'll words here, Matt. We'll get out so, of that one. Yeah. So yeah. Where, where, where do you see your future going then in, in the next few years in, in your industry? Uh, writing and producing a lot more. Yeah. Um, there's going to be, there's like four projects at the minute, very exciting ones that I've created or co-created um one of them we're going to be shooting in liverpool called kid kid gloves yeah i i, I box in real life i boxed all my adult life and um and uh we knew we wanted to do something around boxing it's a mockumentary can't go too much into it but myself and joel fry co-write this you'll know joel he's like superstar now and uh we've got some great names on it to attack so like to dominic west jane oryx oh, stuff nice. like that and then and then, uh, yeah, various other things. And obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of producing outside of my own projects now. People are coming to me to go, what do you think of this? How? What can we do with this? I'm not saying that that's what you did. Me and you had a chat, didn't we? You said oh, yeah. that you had an idea about a show. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm enjoying, I'm really enjoying the creative process of this and structuring it and working out how it could work without right. having to think of dialogue to write. Yeah. Like that, man, that's a treat. Well, that'll be, that'll be good, obviously, don't we can't I don't really talk too much about it, but we don't have to talk too <laughs> no, much. No, we got obviously food related show, which I yeah. think would be actually really apt. We, I think it would be. Uh, yeah, really I, th- I think it'd be. I think be needed, but, you know. And but, yeah. that's another thing from a producer. It's just knowing, right? Okay, what kind of thing will is an audience going to want now or next year? And it's it's the same with what channels and production yeah. companies are doing. But from a writer, producer, creative kind of perspective, a lot of the time you were second guessing what they might be looking for. Not that I'd compromise my work, but you were second guessing that this may be right at the minute. They could right. come back and go, look, we're looking for a musical about, uh, uh, you know, uh, handkerchiefs. This yeah. doesn't work. And you'd be like, oh, God, that was a waste of time. But you know at the minute what you can and can't do. Um, and I think this had, this, it's not even an idea. We know what we're doing. We're going to shoot a taster pilot next year. I think I know the places that we can go to with it to get it picked up. Cool. Got a great director on board. Um, and I think I think it's going to make us at least between four point five <laughs> and five billion each. <laughs> so, so outside of that, then, so yeah. you watch your bag outside. You, you, you like you like your boxing. Boxing is I'm a, I'm an absolute yeah. fanatic, but sport in general, I yeah. am to be honest. But not in the laddish way. I watch mine at home with a cup of tea and my dog on yeah. the sofa in silence and politely clap. But I love it. I just don't stand there with a can of Foster's going. But I, I absolutely love sport, but boxing, boxing, football, you know, but boxing is what yeah. I actively do and compete in and stuff like that. So I love that. And uh, which is good because I have a real diverse range of mates from pro boxers to producers to cool. people, what you do with all your multiple stuff <laughs> that you have on the go. It's nice, isn't it? Mixing it up a bit. Yeah, definitely. So you like what else? Um, that we've got to talk about, obviously, on my podcast. You've got to talk a bit about food. Mate, I'm a where'd big you li- foodie. Where do you like to watch your 
what's your diet? What do you like to? My eat? diet's okay, you know, because I'm di- I'm diabetic type uh, one. Yeah, yeah. So I can't just sit there eating marshmallows on crumpets, yeah. which sucks because they're wicked. <sighs> um, but I and when I'm training, because I'm an extremist with everything that I do, yeah. um, it's like right. Well, that's it now. So I eat right. Um, I, I exercise regularly, but my food, man, I'm, I love to cook. That was like, oh dear, oh mate, like, can I tell you a, a naughty story? And you probably hate me for this. Go on, in new own kitchens and stuff. Go on. So I moved to um, Cardiff with an ex-girlfriend of mine, um, and it was a, it was one of it was one of the worst moves of all time. Like, no, you just go, why? Like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I didn't know a single person. She was away, she was a makeup artist. So she was away working on Jungle Book and World War Z with Brad Pitt. And I was just hanging in a flat on my own in a different country. Don't you go, yeah, I didn't think this through, man. (laughs) What am I doing? So I ended up getting the dog. And now my dog Uh, blues, like, like that. So that came from it. But, um, so what I was doing, it was very quiet at the time. I was having a really icky time acting and I wasn't writing as much, well, nowhere near as what as I am now. I probably was, but it was none of the right stuff. I wasn't, it just wasn't happening. And I was like, well, I'll get another job. I'm not worried about that. But it's quite tricky sometimes to get jobs. I've done waiting on before when I was younger, but it's quite tricky when you're waiting on. And at the same time, there are two shows that you're in. It's just awkward. I'm not looking down on it. And when people would recognise me, I'd go, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But then you'd have people asking questions and this and this and that and photos and shit like that while you're going, girl, would you like salt? <laughs> um, and uh, so I was like, right. But I liked the, the industry. I liked it. Like making a few tips. I liked the people you were with. It was kind of, I mm-hmm. enjoyed it. But I knew I could cook. So I made up a CV of, of loads of different kitchens and that that had worked in that. Yeah. How bad is that? And then, um, where did you say it worked then? Oh man, I think I just made names up. Oh, <laughs> I made names up, right? And um, even see the way I'm missing that oh, finger, yeah. right? Yeah, that even got put into my story that I did that chopping in a kitchen. So I had background. Do you know what I mean? I got exposition going. Do you know what I mean? I was building layers, character writing, proper character writing. Yeah, and I ended up working at a place called. They'll know who I am because they realised when I left, loads of people were coming into the kitchen going, into the restaurant going, do you know that dude in the kitchen there? <laughs> and I, cause I hadn't told them a word. And I kept going, oh God, I don't know what they're told about. Then I had to leave because I started filming on somewhere. But I ended up working in, in this in this place called the Cherry Tree, right on the Cardiff. water in Cardiff. In the kitchen. In the kitchen as a sous chef. As a sous chef. Yeah. <laughs> but Matt, I have to say this, man, like one... It was the hardest thing I've ever, ever done in my life. Now, I, c- I can cook well. I know yeah, that. Yeah. But there were things that I just couldn't do. I can chop to, to chef standard. Yeah. I can do all my mise en place. I was fine with that. Service. Um, uh, service was okay, okay when I first did. No, they did on my trial shift. They just put me on the pass. Oh. Dude. So imagine this. But for, for lunch, it was kind of just, just dressing the plate yeah. and, and doing your course. So I was like, I can handle this. Next minute, my first proper shift. Carl, can you just go and... From scratch, just go make us some olive bread and this and this and that. And I'm going, yeah, will do. And dude, I'm down in the basement Googling, <laughs> Googling olive bread. Oh no, Billy Bigfish. If anyone can hear that, when you clap in one of Matt's establishments, then uh, this fish loses his shit. Um, and uh, so, but I love to cook. And when I've been in relationships, 
That's been one of the biggest compliments I've got. That's cool. That I cook well. Yeah, I love it. Italian food. I oh, cook okay. Italian well. Nice. Um, but all sorts. I'm, I'm, I'm really into food. I don't understand people that only eat for sustenance or whatever you call yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I have a lot of friends who just go, and I'm eating, I'm going, oh my God, like every mouthful, yeah. I'm like, oh. And then I've got mates who are just like, it's just That's to get funny. it in. It's just energy. So forever know? short, we know, I know where to go. Mate, pull you in the I've kitchen. said, I've said, Johnny, all this stuff. <laughs> Give me a shout if you need a hand with anything. If I'm free, man, I'll help anyone out. And, yeah. uh, but yeah, so I love to cook. I love to box. I'm really into my food. Obviously, everything's a bit mad now about where you can go and how yeah. you can go there. When I do go out, I love to go out with big groups for a meal. That's yeah. always fun. Um, I'm not with anyone at the minute, so I don't do the date going out for meal thing but I love eating on my own anyway man. I can eat with the dog now can't I can't do you like eating on your own I, in, a, in a in a in a formal yeah, setup I, I love it yeah I do yeah there's something I really enjoy I think it's quite uh, meditative in a it way is. If, you, if you can just go just go for some tea relax get your head straight well and you can enjoy the meal without feeling like some contrived conversation has to happen do you know what I mean or mm. I've got to ask you what you <laughs> this is I wonder why I'm single, Matt, because you've got to talk whilst having a meal with oh, someone. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? It's like, I just like the fact that I can enjoy my food and this and that. And I've seen people kind of look over as if to go, oh, look at him having food on his own. Mm. And it's like, I'm all right, mate. All right. Like, believe me, I'm great here. I've got a book, I've got a scran. That's, I'm happy with that. But cool. um, yeah, lots of walking, lots of reading, lots of that. But it's a very specific part of town that I do everything that I do in. Yeah. And it's all up this way. Yeah. And then I'll walk my dog down on the water. Yeah. Um, like I said, I've not really cool. done many of your other gaffes. It's, it's Bow Street Coffee, man. That's the one. Cool. cool coffee there, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I'd imagine so. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So you're obviously in strange times at mm. the minute. What what would you would you say is kind of like what, what's keeping you positive and what would you... Yeah, um, what's keeping me positive, mm. and I don't care how this sounds, because no one else is doing it. It's me. I have to do it every morning. Yeah. I have to do it because the government ain't doing it. Yeah. Media ain't doing it. Not, not there's not there's nothing being fed through to me that I can go. Well, I've got that to latch onto. Yeah. Let's be honest here. It's an absolute mess. Yeah. I absolutely. I've got. Do you know what? This weekend when I had a bit of a ooh, angry one, I think it was because for one of the first times as a collective, obviously you have your odd knobhead, but. As a collective, as a majority, I'm really proud of the people in this country of how we responded and try and, and wants to go, right, we'll do this, we'll stick to this, but then we'll come back like this. I was so proud about how the majority of people did that, yet still just beyond disgusted with the minority who really count. The people that make the decisions, yeah. despite the fact that everybody else is being sensible and logical. Really, mm. of course there were times, of course there was big celebrations for certain things or this or that, but... Um, we can't really have a go at these people for going out for a meal when you're paying them to do it and you opened, you know, yeah. things in a way that shouldn't have been done. It, it, was, it, was, it was so contradictory. So I just think all I'm doing is I have to get up and go to myself, right, I've got to get this, 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 and I just set me lists every night, man. I can't stress a list enough. No. I've got a lot on at the minute. And if I didn't have my list for my own head and I literally physically can tangibly... Take it off and go, right, that's done, that's done. And you get to the end of your day, you go, right, despite the nonsense, I've got done what I wanted to do and what I could do. And as long as I can do that and I can keep myself exercised a bit so, and, and talk and socialise with people when and where I can, then that's all that's doing it for me, to be honest, mate. So, yeah, routine yeah. And, and keeping your mind active. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to... I'd, I'd really... 
a lot of the time I've got to work to make my mind less active. Yeah, but, yeah, but no it's the it's the encouragement thing despite all that. Yeah, just to go, right, come on now. Right. <sighs> yeah, because otherwise you and could just be a bit bleak going into winter, couldn't it, mate? And coffee as well. And coffee yeah. as well. So, yeah, coffee and me. It's going to be the name of my autobiography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for your time and thanks oh, for your support in the shop as well. Oh, mate, it's uh, the best. Yeah. You, Get down there, seriously. Yeah, we need, need independence need the support. Anywhere, independence all of them, need the support. If you've got your favourite one, go yeah, down there and, absolutely and do even that. drink in it because they'll, they'll, they'll be, and if they're still open, then they're, then they're safe to be open. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But You've seen how ludicrous and stringent some things are that don't make any sense, but I won't get into that yeah. again. So if it is open, you're all right to go in there. And I, I imagine that every drink or coffee or thing that you buy is going to be, is going to going to have a bit of an impact at the minute, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So do that. Don't go to Starbucks. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm because... sorry. Don't go to Starbucks. Nice. Get to Bowl Street. That's it. That will end on that. Yeah, let, yeah end on that. <laughs> end on that. Thanks, before mate. I drop the C-bomb. Thanks for coming right. in. Nice one. Cheers, mate. Shall we just find a light or try to be nice and experimental?